0: Welcome, everybody. Glad to have you guys here at New Life Church. Come on, somebody. You guys excited to be here today? Are we? All right. You guys still love Jesus? Yes. All right. Oh, man. Okay, come on. Um, because sometimes it's a challenge, right? It's a challenge sometimes. You just have to keep doing what we talked about in January, which is what? See, isn't that awesome? <laughs> I, I actually did that on purpose to remind myself. Just to remind myself that after today, most likely you will not be remembering what I'm talking about. All right. However, you may not remember the whole thing, but I guarantee you God's got one nugget for you today. Right. And you might, you might, you might wonder to yourself, like, we come, I come to church and I'm here for 65 minutes in this service. Right. And here's my whole hope for you when you're here. Right. Is that there would be one or two moments that are your takeaways. There could be a nugget, one little nugget of gold. How many guys would, would, would do this? You would mine for gold, okay? You would mine for gold all day if you could just find one nugget of gold that had monetary value. How many guys would do that? If I guaranteed you mine all day, you're gonna get one nugget of gold, you would do it. I guarantee you would. And you would do it with a smile on your face, right? Now you might be asking me, when's the nugget of gold coming? When's it coming? Right? I've gone through breakfast, lunch, dinner, when's it coming? I just go, it's coming, trust me. And you would keep doing it because you're going to get that one nugget. Guys, we're here today. God's got a nugget, a gold nugget for you. It might come from my message. It might come by praying with another believer today. It might come in the middle of worship. It may have come when you walked through the doors and someone greeted you. But I'm telling you, God's got something good for you today. Amen? How do you guys believe that? Come on. You believe it? Okay, all right, man. We gotta get our expectation meter turned up here a little bit, okay? All right, get our expectation meter turned up. Hey, look, we've been discussing this truth. I want you to listen to this, okay? It's not gonna be on the screens, so if you're taking notes, write this down. This has been the focus of the series, Overflow, that what you live in abundance of, we overflow onto others. Whatever you live in abundance of, You overflow onto others. You might be saying to yourself right now, like, well, I don't really live in abundance of anything. Right? I don't know that I'm, like, really into any one thing all that much. If you can't list anything else, the answer is self. All right? If you can't list anything else, the answer is self. You, living in abundance of you. And whatever you're living in abundance of, you overflow. Now today, and through this series, what we've really been looking at is this. Are you living in abundance in your sinful nature, which could include self, or you're living in abundance in your spirit nature? Which one of those two, sinful or pleasing the spirit? Where, where are we going with those things? Because you were created to overflow. Would you just say that with me? I, I, am, I am created To overflow. Overflow. That's who you are. God made you this way. He created you so that you would overflow with his goodness, with his kindness, with his grace. That's how he made you. And by the way, because he made you that way, let me just tell you something that is true. You can't keep it in. You were designed to overflow. Right? So transparency. Some of us are intimidated with transparency. Right, and you're wondering, like, I can't really pull back the veil and let anybody see who I really am. I'm just going to let you know today, you can never really hide the real you. Eventually, the real you comes out. My wife loves working with the elderly. And for many years, she worked um, with fitness and with um, activities in an assisted and independent living care facilities. One of the things that she came to understand that she has reminded me often of right, is that Jeff, when you get older, you can't hide the real you. <laughs> Which has been very intimidating, by the way, to think about, okay? So basically what she said to me is, look, here's what I've noticed. Right? when If you're angry and you've got a short temper, the older you get, the worse it gets. Right, if you're dirty minded, right, the older you get, the worse it gets. If you're revengeful, the older you get, the worse it gets. That's, that's unfortunately the course of our lives, that what you fill your heart with will eventually be overflowing and you can't hide it. I'm in my early 50s and I'm already seeing it. And I guarantee you, those of you that are older than me, there's been these thoughts that have raced through your head at one time or another, like I just don't hardly care anymore. Is that thought ever gone through your mind? I don't, I, I, I'm just going to say what I'm going to say. I don't care. Right? <laughs> and the older, the older you get, the more that temptation is going to race through your mind. What is that? That's like the real you on the inside going, I'm coming out whether you like it or not. <laughs> you can hold it in for a while, but I'm coming out. I'm breaking free from this shell. So what, what do we want breaking free from us? What is it that we want overflowing out of us, guys? What is it basically you want to be known for? Right? What is that? And we've been looking at Galatians chapter 6 as kind of like an anchor passage of Scripture to help kind of drive home some points for us, instruct us, teach us. What does it look like to overflow? Because we want to overflow with the good things of the Lord. Amen? So Galatians chapter 6, if you got your Bible with you. Um, Today, we've been looking at verses 1 through 10. Today, we're wrapping it up with verses 8 through 10. Okay? And so here's what it says. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from what? from the spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time we will reap a harvest, a blessing, if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith. So, basically, as we look at this passage, what we're wanting to ask is this: How is this passage instructing us to overflow with the goodness of God? What are its warnings? What are its instructions? What are its challenges? What are the guardrails that it's throwing out there for us? Where, where are we to live? How do we get inside the lane so that we live a life that overflows with the goodness of God? And right off the bat, when we look at this passage, there's a few things that stand out. Okay, First off, it's this, that overflow is a choice. Would you say that with me? Overflow is a <clears throat> You don't have anyone else to blame at the end of your life how you overflowed, basically. It's all in you. It's in your lap. Right? It's, it's within your control. It's a choice. But it's not a choice like a, like a preference choice. Like, what, what would you like to have? You want pasta or steak? You want it red or you want it blue? Right? It's not a preference choice that this is like there at that moment and you just kind of make the decision what you're going to do. No, it's more like a choice like getting married. It's a a lifestyle choice. It's a life commitment choice. To overflow with the goodness of God is a commitment that you're making like you make in a biblical marriage, not an earthly marriage. Earthly marriage these days is kind of like, well, if if everything still stays the way it is, then I'll stay with you. A biblical marriage says this, that I'm with you. I'm making a commitment to you. I'm never going to walk away from you. I'm going to fail you. Right, but we're gonna pick up the pieces and we're gonna keep moving forward. I am gonna eventually hurt you, I don't want to, but we're gonna mend it and we're gonna heal it and we're gonna pick it up and we're gonna keep moving forward. That is the choice that God's looking for you and me to make when it comes to what we're gonna overflow. And here's the big reason why, right? You can't one day overflow with hot water and the next day cold water. You can't overflow with frigid water one day and boiling water the next day. It's like make a commitment. Whose team are you on? What do you want to overflow? You want to overflow the sinful nature? Then I would just say this to you, run after it. And the reason why I say that, and I don't say it arrogantly, I just say it really honestly out of love, because I want you to burn all the fuel out of that engine, and I want you to end up at rock bottom, and I want you to turn your heart back to Jesus Christ, okay? Okay? But I choose, I choose, and I encourage you, run after the sinful, uh, run after the, the spirit nature. Run after pleasing the spirit. This is what Galatians 6, 8 said. We just read it, very first verse. It said, those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature are gonna harvest um, decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the spirit will harvest everlasting life from the spirit. It's like, who's? what do you wanna live Four, you want to live for the sinful nature or you want to live for the spirit nature? And wouldn't it be easy, wouldn't it be a lot easier if God would just command, control us, basically? God, would you just control me so that I would live for your spirit, live to please your spirit? Wouldn't that be awesome? How many of you guys would sign up for that? You just sign up for that and be like, man, come on, it would be a lot easier. But I'm gonna tell you right now, it would never work. It would never work. Here's the reason why. You're more like a 13-year-old than you think you are. That's the reason why, right? Because you don't like to be told what to do. You just don't like to be told what to do. Over time, you resent that, right? If you want to get a 13-year-old to do something, let let them think it was their idea. Then you'll get them to do something. We're very much like that, right? Here's the other reason why it would never work. Because we're more like computer code hackers and crackers than you think. We are. And if God controlled it, I guarantee you, we'd figure out how to hack it and get around it. And you're like, well, God God was the one in control. I know, but look at Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, they cracked the code. They figured a way around it. God said, hey, this is how we're going to do things. This is how we're going to live. It's going to be awesome. You're going to love it. (laughs) Right around it, they cracked it. Right? How about this? How many of you guys just think, like, heaven is so much better than earth? And this is not a trick question, by the way. It is, okay? Heaven's better than earth, right? This was not like a, hey, choose A, B, C, D, or E, all the above. No, it's like, yes, it is better, okay? So it is better. So look at this. Look what happens. Satan and a large group of the angels, right, they defy God. They go around him. They, they hack it. They break the code. So I'm just going to ask you this question. You think you're better than any of those? Because you're not. So if God controlled you to obey him and to please him, you would find a way around it. Just like those who have gone before us. So here's what you and me have to do. we got to make it a choice to overflow the goodness of God. God gave us that ability. He gave us that authority to make that choice. So here's what I want you to do. Make a commitment like marrying. So marry your commitment to pleasing the spirit. Marry it. Go all in. Right, Make that big commitment. Sign on the dotted line. Sign your life away. Stop dating what it looks like to please the spirit. Some of us, that's how we're living our lives. We're dating the spirit. I'll please you right when I got the time. I'll please you when there's a benefit for me. I'll do it when I'm getting something out of it. That's the dating idea. That's if I get another option that's better, I'm gonna drop you and go on. Okay, and I'm telling you right now, if that's your approach to making your choice to pleasing the Spirit, you will always inadvertently knee-jerk back to pleasing the sinful nature. That's the choice you're making unless we marry our commitment to the Spirit. Look, you're never going to be perfect. You're never going to be perfect in this, right? So some of you feel like, well, man, I'm not perfect enough to do that. Well, good, because you're in the right spot then, okay, because you'll never be perfect enough. But here's what it means to marry the commitment to the Spirit, just by loving God. Just, just keep loving God. I'm not going to be perfect at it, Jeff. I know that, but just keep loving God. Would you keep repenting? Yes, just maintain an attitude of repentance before the Lord. Keep a hunger inside of us that keeps growing to want to know him more and more and more. It's a choice. So choose to please the Spirit. Choose. I'm just going to tell you this. You know how, how, what's going to really matter about choosing to please the Spirit? What really is going to matter on this whole thing is what you do on your worst days, not your best days. I'm really not that worried about your best days. What I'm, more, what I'm more concerned about in your choice to be married to your commitment to follow through with the Spirit is what you do on your worst days. Because it's when we fail and we fall and we collapse in our commitment before the Lord, that's when the enemy that kind of pounces down upon us. And he wants to keep us down, he wants to hold us down, he wants to kick you while you're down, he wants to get inside of here while you're down, he wants to warp your mentality, he wants to warp your mind, he wants to defeat you and deflate you while you are down. right? If you really wanna know what you're committed to, then watch what you do on your worst days. Do you repent and do you get back up and do you keep running? Because that's what I'm, I'm challenging you to do. Get back up, keep running, Will you, will you like, come back to the whisper of the Holy Spirit on your worst days? Come back to his whisper. So yeah, so you, you blew it. So you missed it. So you, you, wore, you rode over it. So you, you, you diminished his voice. Will you come back to it? See, if you, if you commit yourself like a marriage to the Spirit, then even on your worst days, you will get back up and you will keep moving forward. Because here's what really matters. What really matters is more importantly than your commitment is the fact that God already made a commitment like a marriage to you. He already did it. He made a commitment like a marriage to you to be faithful, to love you, to pick you back up, to speak words of life back into you, to give you purpose, to give you a mission, knowing that you were going to stumble and fall. Knowing that you were going to say, God, I'm like, I'm married to you. I'm committed to you. And then you're going to turn your back on him. He said, I'm going to be faithful to you regardless. And I just want you to know today, there is no shortage of the grace and the mercy and the love and the commitment of Jesus Christ to you. So can we make the choice to overflow? Yes, because when you're making that choice, you're just coupling it. You're just saying, God, I know you already said yes to me. I'm saying yes to you. So we overflow in that way. But we also need to understand that overflow is a challenge. Overflow is a challenge. Anything worth giving your life to, okay, is gonna be difficult at times to do. And Galatians, in this passage we're looking at in chapter six, I want you to see how, I want you to look for the challenges, though, okay? There's a couple of them in verses nine through 10. I said, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. Is that a challenge? Challenge number one, okay? Let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we'll reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith. Challenge number two. (laughs) Right? So right there. These two big challenges. You want to overflow. You want to do something amazing with your life you want to be obedient to God, you're going to face serious challenges. Like the one that says, don't get tired of doing what is good. How in the world is that even possible? What? Uh, never get tired of doing what is good, right? How many you guys get tired sometimes of the person that's even sitting next to you? Do not raise your hand. Of course we do. Sometimes we just start wearing out. But here's what we have to look at. like, What does it mean when he defines the word good? He breaks it down right in that passage. He basically says, look, here's what it looks like to not get tired of doing what is good. Here's what good is. Pleasing the Holy Spirit to accomplish God's will. That's what good is. In its essence, good is living your life in a way that pleases the Holy Spirit so that you end up fulfilling God's desire for your life don't get tired of that though as if as if I can do that on my own don't get tired of that like you are the energizer bunny that somehow just keeps going and going and going and going and that only is funny for people that are 20 and older by the way Everyone younger than that is going like, what's he talking about? The Energizer who? Energizer what? Right? And so please tell the younger generation about the Energizer bunny, all right? But but it's like sometimes we read passages like this and we're like, that's who I'm supposed to be. Like you flip the button on when I gave my life to Christ and I'm always supposed to do this and there's never a slowdown. Like, is, that, is that what he's trying to say? Or is that what God's trying to drive home? Like, never get tired? Like, come on, you just gotta, you, when you say yes to me, you gotta go double down and you just gotta go all in and for the rest of your life, man, you just, you don't ever look back, you just, you're all in? Is that what God's trying to say here? That this is just more really about, hey, look, double down and please me more. Just keep pleasing me more. I just got this gut suspicion that many of us, when we hear scriptures like this, And many of us are in the grind of Christianity instead of the thriving joyfulness of Christianity, that we're in the grind because we think that it's just more about what I need to do more and more and more and more to please God. And here's what you're doing. You're setting yourself up to be the superhero of the story. And you were never designed to be the superhero of the spiritual story, okay? You're not Batman on call 24/7. that when when the spiritual sign flashes in the sky, Right? when the cross flashes in the sky, you put on your mask and you put on your cape and you run, right, to take on the enemy. That's not you. You weren't called to do that. But that's how we operate. Like I just, got to do more. Just got to go in more. Like your call goes out. Like I gotta. get This is all i got, I gotta do. Like you're not, you're not, you're not Superman. Right. That's not who you are. You're not even Robin. <laughs> right. You're, you're, you don't get to be Batman and you definitely don't get to be, be Robin. The truth is, is that this, Jesus is the superhero of the story, yeah. period. Yeah. His spirit is the energy that empowers us to do good. If his spirit isn't living within us, then there is no way that we could ever do good. There's no way that we could ever sustain it. It's his spirit within us. And without a dependency on the Holy Spirit, here's what happens. You get tired. You get tired. If there isn't this like real relationship where you made a choice to marry the spirit if there isn't this relationship with the holy spirit where like you're driving and you're communicating with him and you're opening up your word and there's moments where it's just like a river is flowing out of it for you you're walking through the doors and you're just like god i've just come to worship you and that your spirit's connecting to his spirit then i'm going to tell you right now you're going to get tired and so here's what's going on for many of us We're walking in a spiritual tiredness. And here's a couple of the reasons why. Because we've marginalized God in this busy world. We've marginalized him. We've devalued him in this world that we're in. We've taken God and we've made him a slice of our life instead of the whole pie. And when we make God a slice, when we marginalize him, when we take him out of everything and we put him into the box and we say, God, you can come out on Sunday morning Inadvertently, we've marginalized him. I'm gonna tell you right now, when you do that, you're gonna get weary. You're gonna get tired of doing good. You could be right now tired of hearing this message if you've marginalized God to that capacity. God was never designed to be marginalized. He's the creator of all things, including you. He was designed to be at the center of all things. God has the greatest gravity in all of his universe, and he wants to have the greatest gravity in your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So if we marginalize God like this world is saying for us to do, and we try to take God out of more and more and more of our lives, and we even take Sundays now, and we say Sundays are optional. That's really marginalized, God. Okay, when we marginalize God, you are going to get more tired, this inability to do his good. Let me tell you another reason why we are often spiritually tired is because um, our motive to serve God is all warped. Our motive to serve God often is being driven out of guilt and shame. Our motive to serve God is coming out of this sense of obligation more than it is out of the fact, I love you. I love you. You first loved me. I just love you. And when our motive to serve God is wrong, out of guilt, shame, worry, fear, whatever it is, just wanting to impress or please others, some of us are serving even in ministry because we, we, we care more about what other people on this earth, created human beings, think about us than the creator thinks about us. Some of us are sitting here right now in worship at North Platte, Ogallala, online, or whatever, right? Because, because we were just raised that way. And so we're just, we're just repeating old behavior, but we don't even know the big reason why. You're going to get spiritually tired. You're going to get broken down if that's what happens. And when that happens, because those are two big categories that many of us are going to fall into, one of those or, or the other. When that happens, and here's what takes place then you'll miss the second challenge. Remember the second challenge? The first one seemed almost daunting, but now we understand it's through the power of the Holy Spirit that we maintain doing good, right? Don't get tired in it, that's how we maintain it. But, but when, we, when we marginalize and we've got the wrong motives of how we serve God, then all of a sudden, what takes place is that we start missing the second challenge in verse 10. Verse 10 said, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those who are Christ followers. That's a challenge. Because that means I have to maintain a compassion for people, and that's a challenge. It's a challenge to stay compassionate towards people because I don't know if you're human or not, but often we start judging people versus being compassionate to them. Well, they just shouldn't have done this and done that. They got themselves into that, and they're gonna dig themselves out of that hole. That's what we do. Well, man, you should have, you should have got out. You should have done this. You should have done that. And we we justify why we're not going to be compassionate more than maintaining compassion. That's a challenge to do that. Or maintaining generosity. Maintaining generosity is a difficult thing to do because eventually you start thinking about you. Because you're around you more than anyone else. Right? So. It's a challenge to maintain generosity so that we can take advantage of every one of those opportunities and do good to everyone at all times, especially to those who are followers of Jesus Christ. Or maybe it's even this, like it's a challenge to maintain a flexible schedule that leaves room for others. I don't know about you, but I find myself there. I mean, I can get into a schedule rhythm where it just, it just wipes out caring, a time for caring for others. I can be so zoned in on what I've got to get done and where I'm going that I can easily miss the opportunities that God has around me. And I guarantee you, you are just like me. So we've, we stumble and we, we're challenged in one way or another, but this is, this is not an, an option for the Christ follower. Jesus says, look, this is what it looks like to follow me, to do good to everyone, especially believers. And can I just say this sometimes? Sometimes it's believers that are the hardest people to do good things for. Because you just get a little too close. It's kind of like family. You get just a little too close, right? But that's what it looks like to overflow. Overflow, man, not getting tired of doing what is good because it's the fuel of the Holy Spirit right isn't that awesome right I'm the good things that are coming out of me that are blessing blessing other people it's an overflow out of the abundance of your heart but I just got a warning many times we're not overflowing with the goodness of God because we're chasing the wrong things we got to start chasing the right things many times we're like the dog competing in the dog race at the dog track now I get it none of you guys have ever been to the dog track right Back, back when I was in the Air Force with my buddies, and we lived, in, we lived in Omaha, we'd make our way over to Council Bluffs to the dog track, right? And it was interesting because they actually do, at the dog track, what I thought they did. a little The dogs are all there and they're all in their stalls and the little bunnies there and the gates open up and that bunny takes off along. They're just dragging the bunny, like the bunny's just hanging off the, the, the rail and they just drag that bunny around and those dogs just chase that bunny. Like, well, I'm gonna get that bunny this time. I'm gonna get that bunny this time. And then nope, doesn't get him and they put him back in the kennel. Let's get him back out for heat too. I'm gonna get that bunny this time. And they just run, 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 never catch the bunny. I think that many times as Christians, that's who we are. We're just running this race of Christianity, but we're never catching Jesus. We're coming back the next Sunday. I'm going to do it again, but you don't catch him. I'm going to do it again, but you don't catch him. And, And that's because we're chasing the wrong thing. We're just chasing the wrong thing. So today I'm just encouraging you, recalibrate your commitment to Jesus. Let him be this superhero that captivates you again. Let him be the superhero of the story that captivates you again. Repent and start chasing Jesus again. Some of you got burnt. You got tired because you were leaning your ladder against the wrong wall, right? You had the wrong motive or, or whatever it is that we were talking about just a minute ago, right? You were leaning your ladder against the wrong wall. You've been chasing the wrong thing. You got to recalibrate. You sat down on the bench. I'm just going to tell you right now, if you got burnt in the past and you sat on the spiritual bench, that's never going to be the way you're going to get healthy. Just like you'll never get more physically healthy if you just sit on the couch and eat potato chips, you'll never get more spiritual healthy if you just sit on the bench. You got to get back in the game with the right motive and start moving forward. The only way that we can empower ourselves to overflow with the goodness of Jesus Christ is when we're doing good out of love for him, not out of obligation for him just out of love for him, not out of obligation for him. So overflow is a choice, overflow is a challenge. But lastly, let me just say this to you, overflow has a reward. That's the good news, all right? Someone say good news. good news. It's the good news, okay? It's like, it's like winning, uh, winning a race and getting a, a, a reward. But it's with the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of God is full of rewards. How many guys can remember, like, a trophy or a reward or something like that? You got in elementary, junior high, high school, college, or recently at work. How many guys have something like that? Right? You got trophies from the past. You might have a degree diploma hanging on a wall. You could have a work achievement goal that's sitting there on your desk or it's at your house or it's inside your locker at work or whatever it is. I'm just going to tell you, all right, all right here's the deal. Like all those rewards one day are just going to burn up and they're going to go away. But the kingdom of God has a greater reward that transcends all the way through to eternity. Verse nine was talking about this reward when it said this, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. Watch this, here's the reward. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Yes. Hallelujah. There's a blessing, yeah. a harvest of blessing. We're not talking about one plant. Right. We're talking about the whole harvest. Whole harvest of blessing if what? If we allow the Holy Spirit to overflow, In us and out of us to others. Here's what I want you to see about the blessing though, right? There's a blessing. Part of that blessing of that harvest comes here on this earth. Just think about it. When we overflow with the goodness of God, emotionally, you feel better about yourself. And there's just something about it. When you've done something to bless another person, when you walk away from that, there is something on the inside that goes, that feels good. That feels right. Have you ever felt that before? That's right. You, bet you, you better believe you have. So you emotionally start feeling better about yourself. Here's the other thing. You're building friendships. In a world that's trying to divide us, you're building friendships. And those friendships are going to pay off in the end, right? Because you're going to reap what you sow. But there is also a harvest of a blessing that is for eternity, when we are coming before the Lord, we're like, I just, I'm just serving you because I love you, right? I'm just serving you because you loved me first. Like, I just want more of you, Jesus. I want you to be the superstar of the here of the story. Like, that's who, I, that's what I want. That, that when you're filling me up and you're overflowing with the goodness of God. You're you're overflowing with and establishing a blessing for an eternity. Here's what 1 Thessalonians 3, 12-13 has to say about it. It says, May the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and what? Overflow. Just as our love for you overflows. So may he, okay, as a result, may Jesus, as a result, make your what? Your heart strong your heart's blameless, and your heart holy as you stand before God, our Father, when our Lord Jesus Christ comes again um, with all of his holy people, amen. Hallelujah. Look at this, so here's the reward. Here's the eternal reward. One day, every single one of us is gonna stand before the Lord. That scares some people, it intimidates some people, and there's other people that are really looking forward to it. I have no idea what the margin is here, I have no idea what the percentage is, and I'm not gonna have you vote. Okay, I'm just gonna probably err on saying there's a lot of people fearful and intimidated. And there's a smaller percentage of people that are going, bring it on, I'm ready, right now. Right, but he, so here's what it looks like. When we come before the Lord and we're saying, God, I, I want my life to be lived to serve you. And I wanna be an abundantly full of you so that overflow with your goodness, this is what God says to those who desire that life. He goes, perfect. If that's the life that you choose, not only will I be the source that fills you to overflowing, but then I will also be the source that when you stand before me and I look at you, I will see a person with a strong heart. I will see a person with a blameless heart. And I will see a person with a holy heart the day you stand before the Lord. And you're not even gonna be perfect. And you're not gonna even have it all figured out. It was just that the motive of your heart was God, would you fill me with your spirit so that I could overflow with you? That's what God's looking for in our lives. So let's remember, what goes in our life is what comes out. What you're committed to is what people see. And what you chase, you're going to get. So today, would you just do this? Would you just choose Jesus? Choose to be fascinated with Jesus again. Choose to be obedient to Jesus again. Choose to worship Jesus again today. Basically, the bottom line is come on, church. Allow Jesus to be the superhero of your spiritual journey again. Be like a kid who's fascinated with Superman. Be like a kid who wanted to be, you know, Wonder Woman. Be like a kid. who who wanted to be Batman or whatever it is, like be fascinated with Jesus. He's the superhero of the story. He's never going to end. He's never going to stop. He's never going to be defeated. If you turn your heart to him and you let him overflow in your life, then one day you stand before him and he goes, you got a strong heart. You got a blameless heart. You have a holy heart. Welcome to my kingdom. That's what's going to happen. Amen? So guys, it's with that heart. Let's choose the worship the superhero of the story, Jesus today. Amen? Why don't you stand with me? Come on. Stand with me. Let's pray. Lord, today is your day. It's no one else's day. Tomorrow, by the way, is your day. This is not just the hour we give you to move. This is the hour we corporately come together to declare that you get 24, 7, 365 days of our life. We just come here today just to declare it. We come here today out of reverence and awe. Just to say, Lord, would you fill us overflowing? Would you, would you make our motive correct? Would you be the, the superhero of the story? Maybe we'd be in awe of you again. Lord, bring us back to that, that attitude. Bring us back to that behavior. Bring us back to that desire where the Holy Spirit, you're filling us so that we don't get tired and doing good to all to all people, especially those who are believers. Lord, bless this congregation. Bless this congregation with a closeness of your spirit right now in this room. Now, Lord, as we worship you, we don't worship you out of obligation. We worship you because you loved us first. And so we just come to love you back. That's how we've come. We've come with hearts open, loving you, so that out of us could flow every good and perfect thing that you have designed for us to do. In Jesus' name, amen.